Welcome. This is Jessica Ortner, and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment, because happiness is not a destination. It's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Welcome, welcome. We have a great show in store. I just realized it has been 15 years since I opened my first Carol Tuttle book. I remember that I was living with my parents, really broke, and trying to start a company that I was passionate about. And I opened her book called Remembering Wholeness, and it spoke to my heart. And ever since then, I have been a huge fan of hers. I've been a fan way before she became a friend, but I'm grateful to now call her a dear friend. And whether it's her books or her online programs, I've never been disappointed by Carol Tuttle. She really delivers. And I feel like she delivered in this interview today. And I'm excited for you to gain this knowledge. Whether you're into chakras or not, this interview is going to be relevant because just learning these concepts is really important, really life changing. Let me give you a more formal introduction. Carol Tuttle is a teacher, speaker, and best-selling author of five books and a pioneer in the field of personal development. For over 25 years, she has supported millions, literally millions worldwide with her life-changing books and online courses. So before we jump into the interview, let me just give you another very quick reminder. Have you downloaded the Tapping Solution app What are you waiting for? You're probably listening on your phone right now. Just go to your app store or I think the one for Android is called Google Play. Go to wherever you go to get apps and you will find it. You can download it for free and you get immediate access to 10 free tapping meditations. There's a lot of anxiety going on during the holiday season. Do not let it get to you and bring you down. It's meant to be a time of experiencing joy, but let's be realistic. It's also a time where a lot of emotions can come up like disappointment and loneliness and frustration as the year comes to an end and we begin to reflect on our lives. This is such an important tool to have, this Tapping Solution app, so that you can really process those feelings, honor how you feel, and navigate your way through them so that you can feel more at peace and more confident. So check that out in the App Store, the Tapping Solution app. And here is Carol. Welcome, Carol. Thank you. I am glad to be on this uh, platform with you. I know we always I've interviewed you so many times for the Tapping World Summit, and I'm excited to have you here finally in my podcast talking about chakras. Now, I want to share a quick story because I feel like uh, I might not be the only one who's had this experience. And I feel like sometimes the chakra system can have a bad rap. I when I was living in New York City, It was my birthday and I was walking down a street in the West Village and there was a little corner shop that said psychic, you know, free palm reading. And I was with a girlfriend and I thought, hey, let's just let's jump in there. It'll be fun just for fun. It's my birthday. And I go in there and she said a few things about my palm. And then she was like, 
oh, your chakra system is so messed up. It's just, oh. I can see your chakras. They are, they are all over the place and I can fix it, but you would need to book six sessions with me. But I have the power to completely uh, fix your chakra system. And I was like, please get me out of here. And I was like, okay, that's, I, that's fine. I, I feel like I'm okay. Thank you very much. And I left. So when it comes to the chakra system, I feel like there are some people out there that give it a bad rap that you need to be a psychic to, you know, fix it, or it just seems a bit woo woo. When it comes to your work, it is so grounded and practical and helpful, really for this modern world. But I want to address that. I mean, what are your thoughts about that kind of bad reputation the chakras have and how how do you describe the system? Well, it comes from a you know religious body of work from ancient times. And so it sort of evolved by kind of you could in its original context, it was basically just a system of chants that would open up energy centers. And then it evolved more into a practical application of self-help and that's where I go down with it. So there's sort of, there's like, what path do you want to explore when it comes to synergy system? There's anything, when we deal with the unseen, the realm of energy, it can seem very intangible to people and, and sort of, this is weird stuff. The name is kind of weird. And then because you don't have a point of reference, those kinds of experiences can actually taint it to, confuse people so that they think it's something it's not. That's why I've always stayed very practical in my approach to teaching these. And it's interesting because when I tell this story in my book, The Modern Chakra Guide, that I give my history with learning about this energy system. And it was the first experience I had in 1991 of being introduced to subtle energies was through studying Reiki and the chakra energy system. And I also share in the book that in my study and in my trainings, there were no seances, there was no chanting, there was no low lights, there were no, all the things you're kind of, the mysticism of it, there was no mystic quality to it. It was dealt with in a very practical way to say, this is a functioning energy that influences us in these ways and we can affect it so that it uh, were the beneficiaries of it. And so my original, my inter- original introduction wasn't like yours. <laughs> so it was sort of what I, I was like, what? There's like people that think this is really strange. I seems really reasonable to want a healthy chakra system. And so my um, passage through that really is what launched me into my career into coming into study energy healing to the degree I have and become a practitioner of it so that it's useful to us rather than something that's just kind of abstract and um, you're not sure what to do with it. Right. And a side note, I say chakra, you say chakra. It's like a tomato tomato thing. I don't know if it's <laughs> an East Coast of it thing, but okay. So what I love about your work is also that if you are skeptical about this system, you actually don't have to believe in it to read your book and go, oh, yeah, that resonates. Right. There's there's certain things that are just uh, that's what I found, like whether you believe in it yeah. or not, you can get a well, lot of value. I, I invite the, you know, because I know I have a 
my own community that would be the kind of the first to introduce this body of work to. I have quite a spectrum of kind of where people come from in their background. So I do set it up in the first part of the book to be able to kind of choose your position with it. So I have sections, I have a section for the religious student, the, the secular student, the new, somebody new, the veteran, the someone that's the skeptic and doesn't necessarily believe. Um, in fact, I just read a four-star review on Amazon and they said this information is so timely and valuable. I only gave it four stars because I'm not sure if I believe in the chakra system, but I believe in what she's teaching. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's yeah. really, it, you know, you don't have to have a hard and fast. Uh, you don't have to necessarily agree that this exists. It could be archetypal in nature. It could be a metaphor. It can be whatever you want it to be. But what I teach is very timely for what's happening in the world and what's happening in people's day-to-day lives. Yes, absolutely. That's highly relatable. Yes, for sure. So I, what I would love to do is to go through some of the chakras. What I find really interesting is there is the the characteristics of when it's off balance or unhealthy, and then the characteristics of when it's aligned and empowered. And that's really where it is incredibly practical, whether you mm-hmm. believe in the system or not. I mean, I found myself reading your book and just nodding my head because I understood, I saw some of those qualities in myself and and it was amazing to kind of see the other side of it, um, to really have this energy system as a way to explain some a lot of challenges that we are faced in this modern world. So what are your thoughts, Carol? Do you want to go through the whole system? Are there a few that you'd like to focus on? I can go through it pretty quickly because... Um, I would love that. In my book, I have synopsis. Actually, there's a chart in the front section of each of the seven chakras that will give you a, a synopsis of the function, when it's on, when it's off the different variables that it's a quick reference guide, which I've had a lot of readers say they really like that so that they can kind of refer back to it. But in the, it's interesting because I introduce a um, chakra that's not taught widely and I call it the bottom floor um, of the root chakra. The root chakra is what grounds you to the earth. It's the original energy connection that when we're born, our root chakra starts to develop, meaning we have a connection here of our own space and um, we're embodied now in the physical realm. And I teach that the lower floor or the or the chakra that we're really activating very strongly in our culture and individual lives is the foot chakra, taking a stand, being able to stand in your own truth as an individual and walking on your own path. Because if you look historically, we've been grouped in a collective energy that we have I I give the example in the book that it wasn't too long ago. If you look back into your family story, um, generations, if you were born in a certain religion, a certain even occupation, a certain place where your family lived, you stayed with that. It's not that you departed. You were a part of that experience for your lifetime. That's and there was pressure to stay. Exactly. Yeah. You, you were almost obligated to, And it was sort of duty to the family. And that's just obsolete now in our world that we come in to this world into a family, but we each have that right. And the energy is now set up to support us in choosing our own path, our own 
values, our own, you know, whether we choose into religion or not, our own spirituality, you know, self-identity is really um, prolific in trying to find ourselves. And that's why, you know, companies like ours do so well in today's economy is because there's such a hunger for it. People want to be their truth. They want to live it. They want it. They feel a deep, compelling drive to do that. And that really is your foot chakra that's saying, what do you stand for? What is your path that you choose to walk? And then when we get to what's um, then the seven chakra system, these are embodied in reference to our torso to the top of our head. So the root chakra really is that base energy in the bottom of our torso that when it's healthy and vital, we feel we're in our bodies. We feel grounded. We feel present. We're not ahead of ourselves. We're not stuck in the past. We're not scattered and kind of flying by the seat of our pants. We're able to move through life with a very aware, present, um, kind of collected awareness and things are running well. Our bodies can maintain health. We have a good relationship with money. We have a healthy experience with food. We have an ability to stay present amidst conflict and think through things. And so the interesting thing about your chakra system, it's not a 24-7 experience. You could be home by yourself and everything's functioning, feeling calm and open, balanced. And then you go into a setting with certain people and everything switches. Or you go on Suddenly, Facebook, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. You're you're, like, it's kind of like a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there are notes get played in a different way. And all of a sudden you're pulled out. You're no longer in your body. You're, you're feeling like you're giving your power away, you know, and. So it's a um, interesting thing to notice. Well, in this setting, I feel really balanced. In this setting, I don't feel so balanced. And so notice that because it's not like it's a set system every moment of your day. And then we move up to your second chakra, which is your creation center. And it's well known as the sacral chakra. And everyone's in that chakra world is always related it um, almost to to too much of a degree to your sexuality and the sexual experience. And really um, what it is, is that it's a energy center that supports us in birthing new experiences, creating that which brings us pleasure. And so it's a pleasure center, it's a creation center, and they're tied together. What, you know, what are you creating in your life that's pleasurable to you? And were you taught that pleasure is an honorable thing? Because a lot of people have been taught that that's enough pleasure. You know, you need to get back to work. Life needs to be to some to some degree. It needs to be hard. And so you get to and then obviously with that, your sexual experience and sexual uh, your sense of self. I had Dr. I did a book launch party yesterday on my Facebook live show. And Dr. Northrup was one of my guests because she was generous enough to read my book and then want to share about her experience with it. And she said the most interesting thing as women, we have um, that second chakra is our pleasure center. And when that anatomy in our body, all of the reproductive system, your um, pelvic floor, when you, everything's running well and there's a lot of healthy blood flow to there, we should be experiencing pleasure just as a response to life is a kind of a high in our body. 
and how much we've shut that off and how much we've sort of shamed that experience within the body. So it's definitely an energy center that's getting a lot of attention these days in women's lives and owning their their pleasure, owning their sexual experience, owning their bodies, and really having a it's for me first attitude in their intimacy and their experience. Right. So the question I have about that is do the chakras connect in a specific way? Because as you say that my mind goes to, well, culturally, women have taught to put themselves last. It's not something that we started this generation, but our grandmothers and our great grandmothers, there was a culture of being a martyr. So and that is seems connected to that, the foot chakras, the, you know, the first chakra yeah. that you were sharing. So do some of these, do you have to work on them? Do they connect in a certain way? Like, how does that work? Yeah, they're all, they're meant to energetically be threaded and kind of running a stream of energy between each other. Mm-hmm. And so one, think of the lower chakras, those that are the um, root, the first, second, and third have to do with your physical world, the outer world. The heart chakra, which is your fourth chakra, is your bridge to your inner world, which is your fifth, sixth, seventh, which is throat, intuition, and spirituality. And so you can kind of go, okay, I've got these outer world energy. They're creating my outer world. My heart is the center of that. And my upper energies are my inner world. That makes sense. So they're, in a a sense, they're, they're chunked together. So if you're working on one, it can also impact another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely. In fact, if one is weak, another, just like if a muscle's weak, the muscle, another muscle will try and make up the difference to yeah. keep the system running. And so it's the same theory that if a chakra is weak, another one could be working overtime to make up the difference to keep the system going. So it's a holistic system. And when it's all running to when you're working on one, it can't help but benefit the other. That makes so sense. We will definitely have kind of spots where we notice there's a couple in there. And I do, um, I teach something that is not widely known either in this um, study of the chakras is the age of development for each chakra. What age in our childhood between birth and age 21, these kind of energies were originally firing up to get activated and um, developed. And so you can really look back into your life and go, oh, it was um, my throat chakra was supposed to be developing between ages seven to nine. And my parents didn't really even give me a chance to speak, you know, or they always countered me or I was put down or I was made fun of what things I said. So you can relate that your own experience growing up, you can say, well, okay, that makes sense. That's why that might be weak for me is that was not a healthy environment that allowed me to this energy to really develop. That makes sense. Yeah. When I think about all the personal work I've done, it's all before 21, not actually doing the work. I was older than 21, but it's reflecting on things that happened before. Yeah. And all those developmental stages that we are moving through. So then the third chakra is your power center. That's your personal power. That's the power you bring into relationships of saying, I have my own right, my own choices. 
I have my autonomy to do what's correct for me. Um, that energy leads to moving things into action, moving forward, choosing into life, choosing to take action. And that gets tripped up a lot in one-on-one um, -on -one relationships and that there's kind of these power grabs and, you know, power shutting down and, you know, spousal relationships or partner relationships. This can be a real problematic thing for some people that somebody's third chakra is dominating the other. And that's how the relationship set up is that you've got to suppress your power in order for me to play out mine if we're going to be together kind of a thing. Hmm. <laughs> so that that is something I think that's distinctly felt by people. We use the phrase giving your power away. And I think the, I teach in the book what that sensation feels like. So you can notice when you're doing it and going, there it is. You know, I just did it because I literally felt an energy leave my body. Yeah. Or completely a switch turn off. Sometimes we just need the vocabulary. I think a lot of people know when they've given their power away, but they don't. Or, or maybe they have the sensation, but they've never been able to put words right. to it. So they're not able to really look at it and address it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I'm really, as a teacher and a healer, I'm able to take, I help people identify what's already happening to them. Yeah, yeah it's not like uh, you reading this created this experience. You're already having this experience. Now you have a working knowledge of, Oh, this is happening. I can do something about it. Yeah. And, th and then our heart chakra is that energy center that moves into the, you know, these are all relatable to the areas of the body that the energy runs. And so this is in the chest area and the heart is an interesting energy that I think one of the most interesting things I teach in the book is that the energy of money is still rooted in the root chakra because it's sort of a base player in our being able to have our physical needs met in our modern day world is money is an exchange of energy that we are supported with, but it it's functioning in its purpose and its design at a heart, at a heart level now that it wants to be um, an energy that, per, that really provokes good, that it's kind of the saying, do what you love and the money will follow that you can start to pursue what is purposeful for you and as you have a belief in money and a healthy relationship with money, it is a system of energy in our world construct that wants to support you in your personal pursuits. But when you run this old energy with money of lack and struggle and not enough, you're in an old energy in the root chakra. Right. Or the saying that money is the root of all evil. Right. And so you can easily flip that to really activate this new energy that's available to us. And really love is kind of like I use a phrase, I love money and money loves me. And if you can't say that without feeling gratitude and sort of a spiritual quality to it, like somehow that's that's worldly and 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 really crass there's some work to do. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's not going away. Money's there and let's have a loving, kind relationship with it. And your heart energy is what really, really supports developing that. And so it's, it's a, I, and there's a lot of other things I teach about the heart chakra, but that's one of the more interesting ones that's new to people. And then throat is like, I say our throat chakra energy is throwing up all over the planet. <laughs> out of control. 
It's probably the most overactive, misused energy center in our time. And it's because we've all been given a chance to have a voice in a public forum because we have social media platforms. And at any given day, you could go kind of spew all your, not that, I'm just saying we see a lot of that. A lot oh, of people we do, yes. <laughs> emotionally provoked that use these platforms to then kind of misuse that energy center because there's a lack of, um, there's sort of a getting away with it quality to those interactions. But people are wearing out from that. And so we've kind of hit the wall and saying, I've had enough and I'm going to manage my experience there with more mindfulness and really not um, engage, you know. So it's a place where you have to learn. I teach a, a technique how to connect your throat chakra with your heart so that it's guided by the heart. So how this, a lot of people have never felt a right to speak up, and so it's it's a new opportunity, but we have to mature in it. There's a lot of... We're, we're maturing the throat chakra to be matched with civility. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> and then in, your intuitive center is your third eye. And that's been nicknamed that for ever since I entered the world of energy healing was um, that center of the forehead is like that inner knowing, the inner vision. It's an inward act of a strong sense of what's correct for you, um, that hit. Some people might call it a gut feeling and depending on your, how you relate to your own intuition, because there's different sensations or ways it might be delivered to people. It's something that's more important than ever because we don't, we aren't born into these tight energy constructs to say, okay, here's what is expected of your life. You need to have your own guidance system. You need to be led by your personal knowing and by whatever which is strongly connected to your seventh chakra, which is how you identify with a higher power, with God, with divine, with a source outside of you that's there to support and guide your life. And that's that, above that, your head? Yeah, it's the very top of your head because you basically are connecting heaven and earth between the root and the crown. You know, you're, you're, you're this intersection between heaven that is in... Most people's beliefs, their origin of their being here is a spiritual one. And so then that is feeding the entire system that goes down and connects to the earth and back up. There's sort of a, um, they weave through each chakra. So it's like cascading down like a energy stream that then plugs into the earth and back up, connects back into heaven. Yep. So I can imagine that many people are listening to you going through the chakras and one stands out. So, for example, if someone's listening and they heard I love money and money loves me and they're like, uh-uh, <laughs> like, as much as I would love to have a better relationship with money, I still have these old beliefs. I feel uncomfortable uh, having money. And uh, yeah, I just have this kind of icky relationship with it. Uh -huh. When you have that knowledge now and you have the knowledge of the chakra, how do you begin to take this information and create a change? Well, there's simple meditation or visualization exercises you can do. Just each of the chakras has, I teach in the book that we all, we all have our own 
color race system or colors with the chakras, but there's universal colors, meaning they're fed by um, the same color ray system that we see in the rainbow, that color spectrum. And so the heart chakra is actually green, which is interesting because we relate to in our United States culture, our currency is green. And so you can even just place your hand on that energy center and gently massage that as you imagine infusing the color green into that system. You know, it's interesting because I've I'm one of the I'm the only one I know who's done this, but I'm, I'm not saying at least it's in a public forum and is online that I've created tapping scripts for each of the seven chakras. And the thing is, you usually only use one hand um, once you move to your face and torso points. You can place the other hand in the energy center of the chakra while you're doing a tapping. So let's say money was the issue and that you feel it, um, you'd like to love money. You'd really like money to love you, you know, (laughs) you like, that'd be awesome. If you can place, I tap with my right hand predominantly, you can just place your fingertips of your left hand in on the center of your chest. You can even, if you can, you, that would be sort of like a, um, how dexterous, you know, the, can you tap on your chest while you tap on the other points? You don't have to, but you could just place your fingertips right on that, um, energy point while you're tapping because you're referencing opening this energy center and you can create your own script on that it's you know just what what comes to you when you say that phrase that's not okay to love money that's worldly that's evil you know if i love money i'm i'm motivated by the wrong source you know the wrong motivation so you can definitely use tapping with opening and clearing a chakra because they all hold programs. There's sort of these old written um, scripts in the chakra system that we inherited from our family systems. And it's old programming that's running in these energy centers that we can clean up and then allow the new energy to become a vibrant and alive and vital for us. Because right. that's really what we're, we're shifting from these old energies of struggle into the new energies of vitality and affluence. Would you be willing to guide us through some tapping on this uh, heart chakra and money? Sure. I would love that. So I have my hand over my heart and then I'll use the opposite hand to do the tapping. Yeah. You connect with that. You know, when you start to really feel that energy, it speaks to you. It can even sort of give a, overall body experience yeah we tend our minds tend to think about what's not well or good in our lives what we need to fix our hearts are aware of all that's right and well and what to appreciate so when you tune into this energy center it reminds you how much there is to be grateful for because that's the heart's perception of our world yeah if we were to look through the lens of our heart energy It sees that which is good and well and really infuses appreciation. So anytime, that's just a little simple trick. As a side note, if you're having kind of a bummer day and your mind's stuck on the cycle of some, you're triggered or something, just pause and breathe and put your hand on your chest and feel your heart energy. Mm -hmm. You know, invite it to support you. 
that's the power of these energy systems is we, we connect with them. They're there for us to help us in our lives. And so that, that's just a little, just a little trick to help you get the benefit of your heart chakra. I love that. Okay, so, so intention is powerful. When you think of the phrase, I love money and money loves me, when you say that, what comes up for you? Like, do you have a T? Is there a twinge of like, is yeah. that okay? <laughs> yeah. I think the twinge is, yeah, is, is that okay? Is, uh, you know, just the thoughts of, well, you shouldn't be motivated by money. Um, it's, you know, being focused on money will bring you down the wrong path. Right. Like, it's just a really, like, um, selfish sort of, um, yes, definitely not a moral not good person based. if you're just motivated by money. Exactly. Okay. So just bring up and then on a scale from one to 10, like how, yucky does that feel like that? Ew, what if, you know, because certainly there's representation of that. There's plenty of people that they do what they do for money and they're not so nice about it. You know, money's used, money historically been used as a a way to control. It's been misused in a big way. And that's kind of like money's now saying, come on, let me be the good guy. I don't want to be the bad guy anymore, you know, and it's up to you to make that change. And so, rate yourself on that. I think in the early days of my doing this, I definitely would have been about a nine or 10. Like that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I've done so much work on this and still saying that um, it's that twinge. I love that word, that twinge. It's like, there's still a little bit that's like, yeah, I I still kind of feel like that. Okay. So we'll go ahead and just use the, let's use both our hands for the um, karate chop point. And just tapping on the side of your hand, repeat after me, even though. Even though. I feel this twinge. I feel this twinge. I'm ready to shift it. I'm ready to shift it. Even though. Even though. When I say. When I say. I love money. I love money. And money loves me. And money loves me. That can be a good thing. That could be a good thing. Even though I've created struggle with money. Even though I've created struggle with money. I completely love and accept myself. I completely love and accept myself. And money completely loves and accepts me. And money completely loves and accepts me. (laughs) And forgives me. (laughs) And forgives me. All right. Now place one hand right there on the center of your chest. Take a deep breath in. (sighs) So we're connecting um, with our heart energy and just start tapping on the inside of your eyebrow. It's bad to love money. It's bad to love money. Money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil. I shouldn't love money. And now, Carol, are we switching points with every statement? Yeah, just switch it on your own. Perfect. Okay, so now I'm under the eye. Can you say that one more time? I shouldn't love money. I shouldn't love money. Okay, then under your nose, that's bad and wrong. That is bad and wrong. On your chin, it's immoral. It's immoral. And worldly. And worldly. On your collarbone. I'm doing it for, I'm doing what I'm doing for the wrong reasons. I'm doing what I'm doing for the wrong reasons. Under your arm, money is not to be loved. 
Money is not to be loved. Top of your head. Money is the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil. Okay, take a deep breath in and just feel yourself let that go. That you're aware these are really old, old belief and old programming. And then I'm going to have to do a round of positive tapping on those same points to anchor in a new connection with money. So go ahead and tap on the inside of that eyebrow. Money is my friend. Money is my friend. Outside of eye, it wants to support me. It wants to support me. Under your eye. I do what I do for a higher purpose and money follows. I do what I do for a higher purpose and money follows. Under the nose. It's okay to love money. It's okay to love money. For the, in regards to appreciating it. In regards to appreciating it. On the chin. I really appreciate money. I really appreciate money. And as I appreciate money, it appreciates for me. And I, as I appreciate money, it appreciates for me. On your collarbone. It's safe to love money. It is safe to love money. Under your arm, it's appropriate to love money. It's appropriate to love money. For the right reasons. For the right reasons. On top of your head, it's an expression of my gratitude for money. It's an expression of my gratitude for money. Take a deep breath in and out. <sighs> now put both hands on the heart center, fingertips, and you're going to do... A sideways figure eight, extending your hand out from your chest, loop it down, out or up and back to you, crossing over that intersection, making a sideways figure eight. Wait, you and need to explain that one more time because you lost me. <laughs> if your your fingertips are on your chest, yes. you're going to move your hand away from your chest like you're going it's a sideways figure eight. So you're over the top of the figure eight, loop it down. Keep your hands going out, bring them back up and around so that you're then creating an intersection about a foot and a half from your body. So it's like a sideways figure eight and you're moving your hand in this pattern, connecting your heart with the energy of money. I love that. Thank you, Carol. To your heart, and it activates it. And then you just tap on your heart center a few times. Perfect. Carol, thank you so much for that experience. And as we were doing that, I remember, I think it was 2007 when I first came across your book, maybe even earlier. And I had such a complicated relationship with money, mostly because my dad struggled, my grandfather struggled. And so I had this belief that we were just cursed, honestly. I mm -hmm. might have not said I feel cursed or I wouldn't have said that out loud, but that's how it felt. Like we just never uh, had any luck with it. Uh, and it was always a struggle. And I remember reading your book. I think it might have been Remembering Wholeness. And really, it was the first time that I began to look at my relationship with money and to look at it as a pos in a positive way. And it became a practice. You know, these beliefs aren't something that you just snap out of. They take conditioning the same way that those old negative beliefs were conditioned into us. And so I really followed your work and made it a daily practice. I even remember 
grabbing some money and writing positive. I think you mentioned this. You write something positive yeah. mm-hmm. about money. And I had it for years. I had it taped up over my desk, mm-hmm. um, reconditioning myself right. to that positive experience because, you know, a lot of us aren't aware of it, but we have been conditioned to have negative associations with money. Oh, very much. In fact, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's only been, um, it's, it's, Historically, it's not a very old system, you know, and so we've kind of had a there in in hierarchy and systems of hierarchy. The few had a lot, and the majority had, and it's kind of as you look back, it was very much used to dominate and to stay in a position of power. And um, it's like the the wealthy had rights to things that other people didn't, which said that they have, you know, superiority and they're the ones that should rule. And, you know, there's just, we're breaking all that down. Everyone has a chance to be successful and certainly every, not everyone's born into the same scenario, but everyone in today's, you have so many great success stories of people that came from nothing that made a decision to turn their lives around and, and make their lives great and, and become wealthy people. And, and use their money for the good of humanity. You've got more private money making a difference in the world than you have government monies. Now that's quite true. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, well, that is the heart very true. Definitely come into play with money because you even look at someone like Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that that do massive amount of good on the planet with the wealth they have, and so and then you have. The other, you know, people that are up in the highest ranked um, wealthy people of the world that want those people that, that they talk, they're all they collaborate in their efforts to do good. Yes. Yeah, that's very true. I remember having a conversation with Nick about it because there's also this belief that if you do good work or spiritual work, then you should just do it for free. Right. Like you shouldn't make money from it. And that is such a limiting belief because you are not able to make the same impact when you're broke. And well, and I I, I've I've taught this for decades because I've done a lot of business coaching in my past. And I said, look, healing's free. But the skill sets I teach you on how to um, to really get healing going in your life, that's what you're paying for my expertise because you are interfering with your healing. Yes. (laughs) You're shutting it down. I'm going to help you get it activated so you can heal and to make the changes. So yeah, you're paying me for my skill sets, not healing. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Anyone (laughs) can have that. And the, the more successful you are and the more money you begin to make as someone who's helping others, you reach more people. You begin, it's that, you know, it just, that money helps contribute to more good in this world. And that is a big mental shift that, that makes a big difference. So this has been such a fascinating conversation, a powerful process. You have an incredible book, this uh, Modern Chakras. Actually, t- tell me the title of the book. It's the Modern Chakra Guide. The Modern Chakra Guide. By the way, I love your book cover. It is. Oh, thank you. I just saw it and I was like, oh, yes, I love that. We uh, wanted to stand out. It's not an image of a, a lotus. Yogi. The yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's me walking. It's symbolic in that I'm walking away from it. It's an image of a kind of a gloomy, 
subway busy uh, area, busy. And I'm walking away from it and I'm very colorful. And the subtitle of the book is seven steps to awaken your, I think it's seven steps to awaken your own energy center. Neither of us have a book sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> I will put it in, it in the tapping available online. Yes. Yeah. Look up the modern chakra system on Amazon. I'm also putting a link and the book cover at the tapping solution.com forward slash notes. Yeah. It's like seven steps to waking your energy in today's world. And on the back cover, I think the message there is pretty compelling. It says to today, does today's world ever feel intense, depressing, and even scary? Um, like what is happening? Right. I mean, I think everyone can relate to that sort of, if you haven't said it, you've probably thought it, wow, either in a, this is crazy or wow, this isn't right. You know, this, this isn't right. This shouldn't be happening here. You know, we, we need to really wake up and, and take ownership of the fact that we deserve to live in a very, the earth is a remark, a remarkable place to live and we need to create a, Humanity has so much potential to create so much more good, but it starts with ourselves and in our own family systems. And so this is a great parenting book. I have a big parenting audience and I say, you know, when you start to learn this about your kids and the developmental phases they're going through, you can really be an asset to them and um, your whole family's chakra. Because when we come together, we sort of have a group chakra energy. And so it's interesting that you can kind of diagnose your own family to say, here's what, you know, as a family, we're not very grounded and can, rooted together. Mm -hmm. You know, and you want to be rooted as a family because when your children enter into their preteen and teen years, if you're not, they're not rooted in your family system in a healthy way, they'll go plug in somewhere else. Yes. Because you need to feel a connection with a group of people somewhere in your world. And so there's just so many great things we can do to benefit our family systems with by understanding this and supporting our own children's development. And quite honestly, their chakras are more open and advanced than ours. They're coming in with a, just a more pure energy system. Yeah, it's it's interesting being a mom now, how much more I reflect on what I pass down to him consciously yeah. and unconsciously, because I know that there are patterns that I picked up my mother that she didn't consciously pass on to me. It's just whatever I do believe that whatever we don't heal, we pass on for someone else to heal. So I for me, even before I was pregnant, before I had a baby, even before I met Lucas, I would sometimes think to myself, I really want to break this pattern now because I don't want to pass this on to my future yeah. children. I want to right. end this struggle with money that's just been so such a part of my family background. Let it end with me. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, and that's really inspiring. Sometimes we need to say, uh, give ourselves the reason why it's important to take the time to do this work. Oh, I think that a lot of moms feel that deeply what you just shared that's a very strong motive to say you feel almost called to do that to say you know it, we're in that passage of our sort of development as a humanity that we've been given this work to do so that the next generation can have not be burdened by it yep Absolutely. Distract, kind of distracted by it. I know I've been that play, player in my family system and my children haven't seen. And, and actually they're very, um, I have one daughter who's very 
aware of that. She's, uh, it's often that she would, she has thanked me. <laughs> she said, thanks for taking care of that mom. <laughs> Experience that. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's yeah. so sweet. Well, Carol, your work has definitely had a ripple effect on this world. And, um, I love everything you've ever done. Every book. I love interviewing you and I'm grateful to call you a friend. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. 